um, uh, we're really grateful that you're here with us today, uh, leading us in hearing God's word. And so let me pray for you now, and then we'll let you do your thing. Um, dear Lord, I want to lift up Pastor Campbell to you now. Uh, I thank you for his service to, um, to your kingdom, uh, to our country, and to our community of Wilmington. Um, through uh, his church and through the, um, the many ways that the church is involved in seeking to bring your redemption to every corner of uh, our individual lives and our city life as well. And so I pray now that as he opens your word that you would speak to us through it, um, that you would in- encourage us and challenge us and uh, lead us into a deeper relationship with you. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, uh, Joseph. Good morning, Christ Community Church. How are you all this morning? Amen. I, I know that um, it, um, you've got a black pastor that is used to call and response. Um, so, you know, if you don't know how this works, let me give a, a, a little teaser. I will ask a question and say, if you really love Jesus, somebody say amen, and you'll say There you go. If God has been good to you, let me hear you say hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's how it works. Paul Paul told me uh, months ago when he uh, um, asked me to speak, um, he was leaving the room. And I said, how much time do I have, Paul? And he said, Rob, normally we take 25 to 30 minutes. But I guess since you're one of those black pastors that need a little bit more time, you can have 35 minutes. But you must be done in 35. With that in mind, uh, let's go to work. Um, this morning, I want to look at a uh, passage in 1 Peter, um, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Peter is talking to pastors and he's talking to people and he's admonishing them of how to uh, be victorious in their walk. And so as he's talking and he finished talking with the pastors, he began to speak to the people and he starts out in verse five, telling the younger people, listen to the older people. Somebody say, amen. amen. Yeah. Younger people listen to the older people. And he, he talks about God will resist the proud, but he will exalt the humble. So it told those who are really tend to move that way. Don't forget to be humble because God will exalt you. But if you exalt yourself, then God has to humble you. And then he said, uh, in verse 7, he says, cast all of your cares upon him. And he says, in this life, you're going to have problems. And then in verse number 8, where I want to read this morning, he says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Um, I want to talk this morning about courage, uh, ignoring the roar, the roar of the lion. One of the things we know about the lion is that he will always roar. Um, he will always um, try to intimidate uh, those he's trying to devour. The roar is not necessarily audible. Because the roar could be a bad message that you got from the doctor. The roar could be financial difficulty. 
We've just come through this pandemic, and, and for many, they're still in it. But the roar could be that uh, your business looks like it may not make it. But God called us to be people with courageous courage, a Christian who is courageous. And why does he call us to be courageous? I'm reminded of when he told Joshua, he said, Joshua, be encouraged. Every place your foot shall tread upon, I've already given it to you. But he says, you've still got to walk this thing out. So many of us today are looking at situations and circumstances and the lion is roaring saying you'll never make it through this class that you're taking. This is one of those gateway classes and you'll never be the doctor. You'll never be the lawyer. You'll never be the teacher. You're going to be just like your daddy was, just like your mother was. You're going to be a failure. That's the lion roaring, telling you your business won't make it, that you'll never be able to purchase the home, that your marriage, that your children will never be what God called them to be. But I need you to know today that Peter is talking to us and he's calling us to understand that you can't win this battle by yourself. We're at war. We're at spiritual warfare. And how do we know that we're at war? He says your adversary, and he names him. He doesn't say your adversary is uh, uh, what political party you're in. It doesn't matter. Your adversary is not people. The adversary is not race. The adversary is not denomination. The adversary is the devil. And it's a spiritual battle. Somebody say, it's spiritual. spiritual. Yeah, we need to know that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, of wickedness in heavenly places. Many times we as people, we think that we are human beings um, having uh, a fleshly experience but we're actually spiritual beings it's our soul that will live forever that which you cannot see and we need to understand it's a spiritual battle and God has given us spiritual weapons in order to win but what we have to understand is not what you see that matters most it's what you know it's what you know this word of God Peter is saying We are facing a devil, our adversary. It's a spiritual battle. And you must have courage in order to win this battle. Today, I want to give you three points. Uh, How we win this spiritual battle. How do we strengthen our courage? One, we have to know our enemy, discipline our minds, and trust our training. You're in a spiritual training ground right now. The Bible tells us to exercise our faith, exercise our faith, faith being the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Sometimes you're trying to accomplish something and you're going forward and it doesn't seem like it's going to work. And you say, man, I can't see any sign that what God said is going to happen. That's when you know you're in faith, not in flesh. But who needs to hope for that which he has? God wants us to understand we're in a spiritual battle. You have to know your enemy. 
And the Bible says uh, the devil is the enemy. But you cannot know the enemy unless you first know yourself. See, because when I observe my enemy, I'm taking inventory of his strengths and weaknesses. Well, what am I comparing it to? I'm comparing it to my strengths and weaknesses. You have to remember, we have to remember that as is stated in 1 Peter 2 and 8, that we are a chosen generation. We are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own special people. Watch this, that we may proclaim the praise of him who called us because the one that called us is able to keep us. You have to know that you are special. I, I know that may sound a little arrogant, but, you know, I'm, I'm special. I'm God's own chosen people. God didn't. I'm not a mistake. God saw me before I was yet unformed in my mother's womb. He knew I would be tall, black, and handsome. He knew it. He says, that's Rob Campbell. Come on, Rob. You are special. And you have to know that the church is, is the called out ones. And God has a calling on each and every one of our lives. And we need to understand that we are chosen. And, and listen, what we are all adopted into the family of God. It's one thing when my wife and I got together and we had four children and we didn't get to determine what they would look like. I was praying they would look like her, but some of them look like me. And in comparison, not so much, not so much. But when you're adopted, we get to choose you with all of your blemishes, with all of your issues and say, you are special. I want you. You are special to the Lord. We are chosen. We need to know that we are the called out ones. And God is not expecting us to win this battle on our own. And we need to know something about the devil. You first got to know that greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. So that tells me it doesn't matter what I face, that inside of me is the power of the Most High God, and I can tap into that power to overcome my adversaries. Um, Joey asked me, he said, uh, Pastor Campbell, um, what is your volume like? I said, Joey, for me, less is more, because I came with my own magnification system. And so, Joey, if you need to turn me down, I can't. You have to. Uh, amen. I, what I love about being here, Christ Community, you, I've been knowing Paul for 18 years. And I, I watched um, uh, Morgan on Founders Day. It was amazing to me. Uh, Morgan looks like Nancy, but that day she sounded just like Paul, didn't she? She sounded just like him. I know that I'm free to be me, and I hope that that'll be okay for you. But God wants us to know that we're fighting the devil, and the devil is a bully. You have to know who he is. As Christians, we are called to be something great in God, and we have to understand that God wants us to have courage to face the adversary. What's a working definition of courage? I, I want to give you my definition. Um, courage is a choice. An attitude, 
a willingness to confront danger, uncertainty, and intimidation. Courage is a choice. You can never stop the lion from roaring in our lives. There will always be concerns. There will always be things that make us have doubt and things that make us have fear and, and things that intimidate us. But it's a choice. You can never stop the lion from roaring. But what you do when you hear the roar will determine your success or failure. You have to know that, that we are to have dominion. Believers, we have dominion over the, this earth. The enemy, the devil, thinks he is the prince of the power of the air. Through sin, he got access. And so he's fighting us for dominion. But we have to know that we are not fighting alone. God wants to raise the level of our courage to the level of our call. God wants to raise the level of our courage to the level of our call. Some of us can't handle big issues because we're not called to big successes. But the greater the call on your life, the greater the challenges the enemy will bring against you. You, you say, man, I'm going through all of this stuff trying to launch my business, trying to uh, strengthen my family. And I see the enemy coming in every which way because God wants to build a great foundation in you so he can build a great monument to him through your life. The greater the call, the greater the courage. God wants to raise your level of courage. You've got to make a choice every time something comes against you. You're trying to have the baby and, and you've gone through all of these things and you've gone to all these doctors and, and they're all saying no, but God has said yes. You've got to raise your courage to the level of your call. God wants us to understand that the devil, watch him, watch this. The Bible says he's walking to and fro Seeking whom he may devour. The devil is practicing maneuver warfare. Maneuver warfare. Maneuver warfare being a marine. It was you always observe your enemy. And then you, you study him. You orient yourself to him. And then you decide when to attack. And when you attack, you attack all out. But. The devil is practicing. He's watching. He's, he's, he's meditating on, oh, I noticed that when he was in a tight place, he laid down his faith so he could pick up finances. Mm, maybe that's the door. I noticed that when, when nobody was around, she gave in to lasciviousness that was in her, but then she came back and led the praise team. Oh, maybe that's the door. Sun Tzu, a Chinese a strategician, a, a strategic thinker, great general from China, wrote the war, the, the, the art of war. And this general never experienced defeat. Why? He would study his enemy. And he says, the way you win the war is not have to fight every battle. Mm, the devil is a bully. So you know what he does? He tries to talk you out of fighting. He, he tries to intimidate. Anybody dealt with a bully before? Can you just wait? No? 
Y'all know how this works. <laughs> if you've dealt with a bully, say amen. amen. Yeah, yeah. So you've, de- you've dealt with bullies before. They don't want to fight. They just want to They want to convince you not to fight. They want to convince you not to stand. And the devil is practicing maneuver warfare so he will roar in your life and says you got a bad doctor's report you got cancer you got you got lupus you got some disease and he wants you to give up on your faith and give in to your fear but it takes courage you got to make a choice if God be for me he's more than the whole world Against me. God has called you to so many great things that you got to know that greatness is not found in the crowd. It's found when you are alone. It's called character, personality, to stand when others are falling. You can't do that by yourself. The Lord is not asking you to, but you've got to know your enemy. The, The roar represents threats in life. Everyone hears the roar. But how will you respond to it? I want to encourage you. You cannot pray away the roar. You cannot fast away the fears. You cannot uh, 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 turn against the, 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 the way that the enemy wants to bring doubt in your life. It will always come. But one of the things you have to know as believers, we walk by faith, not by sight. So you got to walk by what God said and not what you see. What God said and not what you see. But the, the, the courage to stand when you have a dream. God has given you a vision of who you are to be. And others don't understand that vision. You've got to stand because you and God are the majority. You and God are the majority. How you handle the roar determines if you'll reach your destiny. Will you flee in fear? Will you turn in terror? Will you double back in doubt? You've got to be willing to face it. And there is no possible way you become what God has called you to be without facing in courage and in faith. He called you an overcomer. So there must be something to come over. Yeah. He called you more than a conqueror. So there must be some battles somewhere. But too many times we are fearful and we want to fight bloodless battles. They don't exist except in the spirit. But in the natural, there will always be some shedding of blood. But listen, greater because of the blood that Jesus has said, you have power. You have access to great power. Call those things that be not as though they were. So we have to know our enemy. And watch this. The lion is not the biggest animal in the jungle, but he's called the king of the jungle. It's because of his attitude. Because the lion isn't the biggest, but he feels like the baddest. The lion isn't the smartest. That, that's the cheetah. I'm, I'm sorry, chimpanzee. The chimpanzee is the smartest animal. And, and, and the lion is not the fastest. That's the cheetah. But the lion has the attitude. But we serve the lion of the tribe of Judah. Oh, somebody say amen. Amen. Yeah, because we got his power in us. God tells us we can do exceedingly and abundantly. God can 
above all we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. What's that power? His spirit, his word. So we've got to know our enemy. Secondly, we must discipline our minds. Discipline our minds. Yeah, because it's a mental thing. What makes a young kid who's small fight a bully who's six feet is his perspective, his attitude. In fact, the little kid can overcome the big kid if he makes the right kind of attitude. You're at war, spiritual war. We have to discipline our mind. First Peter 1 and 13 says this. It says, therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. He says, gird up the loins of your mind. In that day, they wore robes and and they would walk in these long robes. But whenever they went to battle, they would tie up the robe and they would uh, put it in the midst of their girdle, uh, which was a sash that went around them. And then they could go war into warfare. God tells us you have to bring thoughts into captivity. Uh, every thought, bring it into obedience and captivity to the spirit of God. What does that mean? That when you see fearful things, you got to know greater is he that's in you. When you see things that don't seem like they're going to work, you have to know that God may not come when you want him, but he's always on time. You've got to encourage yourself. You've got to keep your mind stayed on Jesus. Why? Because look at David. David was going to fight Goliath. And he said, Goliath, you come to me with a sword and a spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. Somebody say, yeah. That was better. That was better. See, because I want you to, we're in the battle, and if you think you can set this out, you're already defeated. The devil will never be your friend. The battle will always rage. It will always rage. But you've got to tap into the spirit so you can subdue the things of the flesh. He says, gird up your mind. He says, the devil goes to and fro. Watching. And, and why would the devil roar if he wants to devour us? Ah, the devil's characteristics is the devil, the lion roars to let other lions know you're in my territory. The lion roars to intimidate. The lion roars to cause his prey to scatter. Mm. Isn't it something God has given us all kinds of weapons, but there's not one he gave to our back? They're all offensive weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. For what? Pulling down strongholds. Strongholds are things that are built up in the natural on the outside. You're bringing... uh, uh, Every thought cap 
captive to the obedience of Christ. The image, imagination, image. You get a picture in your mind. You got to bring that image under the power of God. What are you talking about, Pastor Campbell? I'm glad you asked. See, this image that you have that you can't make it is going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy unless you use the word on it. Unless you say it doesn't matter what it looked like. You know why? Because I'm walking by faith and not by sight. The fact that I cannot see it says I must be in faith. Oh, I hope I encourage you. You you say so often people say, you know, I want to own the franchise, but I don't think my credit is good. But have you put in the application again? (laughs) Not the first time, not the second time. Sometimes we see people who are successes, but we don't know how they got there. You keep on failing, but the thing is, you fail. You fail. You fail. Thank you. Y'all getting there. Y'all getting there. He, he says, God asked us. It's something. God keep asking believers to do something that we, we should know to do, but we don't do. He asked believers this hard thing. Believe. Believers. One of the hardest things to get believers to do is to believe. Why is that? You can't talk your way through this. You got to walk your way through it. He told Joshua, every place your feet tread upon, not step on, but repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly. Our church wants to build affordable housing for senior citizens. I've known this for 18 years. And we put in the application, put in the application, put in the application, denied, denied, denied. Six, seven years. But you know what they did on the eighth time? (laughs) They said yes and gave us $11 million to build housing for senior citizens. Now, people will see the housing, but they won't see the courage to do it again. Do it again. And your marriage may be messed up right now, but be willing to go to counseling again. Your children may be addicted to something or tied up in something. Speak over their life. Train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart. You do your part. Let God do his is amen Amen. Amen. so we have to understand God wants us to discipline our minds he asked us to believe he asked us to understand that we need to be spiritually equipped to do the battle to go to war we have and this is what this is this is a, 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 a battle classroom for the spirit. And I don't know what the enemy is bringing against you, but he's been watching you. He knows your proclivities. He knows your habits. He knows your hangups. And you've got to be willing to stand on the word even when you don't see it. Uh, this theologian is known for saying that life should be lived forward, but life is really understood backwards. Life should be lived forward, looking forward. But sometimes you don't understand some of the things you're going through today that looks like they're going to destroy you, God will use to make you. Uh, Anybody ever been knocked down and you had to get up again? Let me see your hand. 
Anybody been disappointed? Let me see your hand. Anybody ever said, man, I don't know how this is going to work, but when you look back, it's the lowest time is where you found that you knew God the greatest. He says, gird up your mind. He says, gird up the mind. Get ready to fight. Take control of your thought life. Uh, and, and, and my last point. Know your enemy. Discipline your mind. And lastly, trust your training. Trust your training. Isn't it something that God would use the simplicity of preaching to save men and women? I, I know y'all aren't used to seeing somebody up here sweating, are you? <laughs> does, does, does Paul sweat? Barely. I've never seen Paul sweat. I've never seen him sweat. I, you know, Paul and I are so different. And we are brothers for 18 years. Paul is such an amazing guy. This is free. And now this should not be on my time because I'm talking about your pastor. <laughs> Stop the clock wherever you are. Honey, you're supposed to be giving me a, a time hack. <laughs> How much I got left? Five? I don't know if she's doing that right. <laughs> but I better run on. Trust your training. Trust the word of God. The word of God is a seed. It's a seed. It's impregnated with possibility, with potential. God is asking us to trust the word of God. Because the word of God is a weapon. The word is sharper than any two-edged sword. It, it, it pierces, it divides, it cuts asunder down to the marrow, down to the bone, down to the intents of men's hearts. The word is bad. <laughs> Why? Because the word examines us. It goes on the inside. Man's heart is evil and wicked. No one can know it. But the Bible says the spirit of God deep calls unto deep. So the spirit of God calls to the word on the inside and it calls us, us to stand up when others think we should fall back. That word is bad, y'all. <laughs> we have to trust our training. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Trust the word of God. Ignore the roar. Filter the fear that comes from the roar through your faith. Let me say that again. That, that's alliteration all over the place. Filter, filter the fear through your faith. I don't have to see it. I'm claiming today that we're going to build a second phase of housing and it's going to cost more and God is going to do it. I didn't tell you that the, the $11 million was because of tax credits. I didn't even have to have the money. I just had to have the vision. People don't give because of need. They give because of vision. The bank lender is not going to give you the loan to buy another franchise, to buy another home. You got to have the vision that propels you to go forward. And, and, and you serve such a big God um, that you got to know that he's waiting to show himself strong. So we have to understand, trust your training. First Peter 5 and 9 says, resist the devil. 
Stand steadfast in your faith, knowing that the same suffering that you're going through, listen to me about this suffering. Two things I need you to know, that when you come to the Lord, you come to serve and you come to suffer. Ha! But in uh, Romans chapter 8, it says, this present suffering is not worthy to even be compared to God's glory. Ha! I'm sorry. <laughs> I went back home for a second. I want to come down there, but if I do, I'm going to run out of time. I, all right, all right. He says, this thing does not compare whatever you're going through right now. The benefits of serving God when you get to heaven, he's going to give you a new body. He's going to give you a new attitude. He's going to give you a new wife, and you won't even look at her the same way because you won't desire her the same way. It'll be better. But the enemy causes us to suffer a little bit and back away from God, lay down our faith, fight. We need to trust our training. I'll close with this thought. I was talking to a fireman. We were talking. And he, he was telling me about being a firefighter for 20, 30 years. And he said, he said, he said, Rob, um, we fight fires we have to close our eyes when we're fighting the fire. Anybody firefighter in here? They learn to fight fires with their eyes closed because when they go into the building, the smoke is so thick you can't see anything. So they train themselves to close their eyes. He said, we don't walk down the middle of the floor. We walk against one wall or the other. He says, and then you hold on to the hose because it's your hope of getting out of the fire. He says, if you lose that hope, you're disoriented and you can't know how to get out. Hmm. Can you imagine trusting your training enough to go into a burning building and they are going toward the heat? They're looking for the fire. They're not retreating. Police officers are taught to run to danger so they can subdue it. He says, we trust our training. I thought, my God, do you trust God enough? And when, when, when God is trying to do something in your life, does it get to be too hard because of what you see in the natural? The report you got in the natural? The circumstances in the natural. The firefighter says he trusts his training. I'm giving you the word of God and you're going to find a place to use it or you may choose not to. It may scare you out of your faith. The enemy will never stop roaring. We are called to walk by faith, not by what you see. Do me a favor. If you need to grab your purse or whatever, you can I want you to close your eyes, everyone. See, I thought I was in a different church. If I would known Christ's community, I wouldn't have said that part. Close your eyes, please, please. I'm going to have you eyes closed for about two and a half minutes. God is calling you to not get caught up on what you see but know what he said. I am with you. Wherever you go, I am there. If you ascend to the highest heavens, I'm there. If you go in the lowest valley, 
I'm there. Keep your eyes closed if you can. Because you'll never stop. You'll never stop the lion from roaring. He's trying to intimidate you. God won't come when you need him. He's going to let you down. But you got to hold on to the word. <laughs> You've got to hold on to your hope. He's trying to intimidate you. Turn around in doubt. Turn around in terror. He knows if he keeps roaring, you'll doubt God and go back. But you got to remember, God said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'm doing a new work in your life right now. Hold on to your faith. Hold on to your hope. Or you'll never get out of this. It's your way out. He'll never stop. You're not going to make it. But greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Devil, you shot your best shot. But I'll take Jesus, the lion of the tribe of Judah. While you come to me with a sword, I come in the name of the Lord. Ignore the roar. Keep your faith. Walk out in victory. Come on, give the Lord a hand praise.